Next on ReachMD, Voices from American Medicine, featuring perspectives, challenges, and triumphs from physicians currently in practice in the front lines of healthcare. Now here is the host of Voices from American Medicine, Gary Epstein. The image of the individual physician working in rural America seems to be fading from the public consciousness. While there are many such physicians currently in practice, it's getting harder and harder to work this way. Joining me today is Dr. Scott Bulky, family practice physician in private practice in tiny Brooklet, Georgia. Dr. Bulky, welcome to Voices from American Medicine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'd first love to just kind of get some input from you on your practice there in Brooklet and, uh, you know, kind of your background, how you got there, and tell us a little bit about what you're doing. Brooklyn is a uh, small town outside, kind of inland from Savannah, Georgia, about 50 miles or so, a uh, population oh, roughly about 1,500. I came across it by a physician who had been in here since 1955. So the practice has been viable, uh, once again, since the mid-50s. So when I arrived here in the late 90s, it had already been a well-established practice, but in a great little area, small town, once again, and just enjoyed the type of practice that was already already existed here and thought that I would uh, enjoy that to continue that practice on. That's great. How did you elect to get into family practice medicine? I know you have a military, I guess a U.S. Air Force background in terms of your early training. I grew up uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, and one of my father's good friends was a quote-unquote country doc, as they used to say back in those days in the uh, 60s and 70s, and just fell in love with what he did and his rapport with the patients and uh, how he was treated back then as their doctor, and he was quote-unquote their doctor, and just thought that that was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Why do you think it is that there's sort of across the country a disappearance of the family practice doc? That's a great question. I think it's on the forefront of everybody's radar right now because I kind of feel like I'm a dying breed here. It's long hours. We're probably low man on the totem pole when it comes to our wages and reimbursement. And it's a, a lifestyle that you have to want to do. Long hours, taking care of folks. There's no time clock. Things happen all the time and you're pretty much available a good bit of the time. So I think that's a, a large part of it. I think some of the students coming out now have a large debt to pay and with the family physician being once again low on the totem pole for uh, reimbursement, I think uh, the students are choosing to go into more better paying specialties. It's interesting though because I imagine you have a different kind of job satisfaction. We do. I, you know, I don't think there's anything better to get to know your patients, not only them, but their families and see the interaction they have with their families and what it entails. Seeing folks uh, from when they're young, from all ages, from, you know, two weeks old to, to 102 years of age, it's a, a wide variety. You never know what you're going to see that day. And uh, that certainly makes it interesting. Also makes it sometimes very trying. Tell us a little bit more about your practice itself. So are you seeing mostly, you know, Medicare, Medicaid patients, people with less means, or is it small town in a more romantic sense um, that we often paint in? Yeah, not a Marcus Welby kind of thing, I guess, if that's what you're trying to say. But uh, we see all types, Uh, Medicare, Medicaid. We see people with insurance. We see people with no insurance. We purposely try to keep our fees very reasonable. So the ones who have to pay out of pocket, I think it's very feasible for them to see us. We try to take cost into consideration, especially now with the the way the economy is and and our use of our medications and uh, things of that nature. So we see, uh, you know, once again, a variety, wide variety of 
insurance, uh, paying out of pocket, uh, once again, Medicare, Medicaid, but also, you know, all types of ages and all from farmers to professionals and all parts in between. And when you originally got into the notion of becoming a physician, as I said before, I noticed in your background, you have military experience. I mean, what was your inspiration behind getting into medicine in the first place? Just that uh, physician that I ran across when I was probably eight or nine or 10 years of age. And I remember seeing him sew somebody up in the office after hours. And I happened to be there. And, and I think my dad remembers that uh, I didn't blink for a minute. I was right there watching him do it and just kind of fell in love with, hey, man, that's pretty neat. And thought I might want to do that ever since then. And I've been able to. Did you actually, in your training, see active duty in the military, or were you in reserves? Or Yes, I was active duty for four years in the Air Force. That's how I helped pay for medical school. I, I went through medical school on loans, and then uh, about two weeks before I was to graduate, they go into the loan office and or the financial office, and they tell you how much you're going to owe for the next 10 years. And, and then the next week, I got a package from the Air Force that if you joined up, you, we'll pay all that off, and so I signed up. <laughs> That's great. I think it's becoming, as you know, a real issue, the cost of medical school and how some of our best and brightest talent manage to fund it and get through that process. And the military is becoming a, a, certainly a growing option. No question. And I you know, it was four years and it paid for all my schooling. So I shook hands at the end of my four years and called it even and uh, moved on. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Voices from American Medicine on ReachMD, a channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Gary Epstein, and joining me today from Brooklyn, Georgia, is family practice physician Scott Bulky. Scott, thanks again for being here. I wanted to also talk a little bit about the pressures that you see as a family practice doc with respect to some of the changes going on in our healthcare system, some of the federal mandates that are there today with respect to sort of accountable care and the quality initiative, and even EMRs, and are you adapting that within the family practice? How are you wrestling with those issues? I was very fortunate. I uh, actually have had EMR now for almost uh, eight years. I actually probably right a little over eight years. I was one of the first ones to kind of jump on the uh, technology bandwagon and uh, been very fortunate. After I picked one that didn't work, I picked a second and I've stuck with it now so like almost for eight years. But as far as what's coming out on the new healthcare and everything of that nature, it's... Uh, yeah, I think, thankfully, I do have an EMR, but it's increasing our workload and increasing other things that we have to do to just take care of a patient. Now, whether you agree or not, uh, some of these things are good for the patients, obviously, and that's what we're always looking out for. But some of it is very difficult, especially in a small practice, one-person practice with a very small staff that's already stretched thin, and I'm having to add more things to do when we're already at full capacity or probably over capacity right now. Are you finding a lot of patients are using the EMR? We use the EMR. We don't let the patient uh, at this point make appointments or anything of that nature. I'm kind of a little unique uh, situation because we have an office where you can walk in. We have easy access to folks who can come in and don't need appointment. They just walk in, and that makes it pretty easy for them to be seen. Tell me a little bit about how you might talk to a young physician today that is considering your life's work, the family practice role versus a different kind of area, specialty area. I mean, what, how would you uh, inspire and sell that to some of our listeners? Uh, that'd be a tough call there. Um, I always come back to the relationships I have with my patients. If uh, a young physician, he or she uh, really would enjoy that, uh, would really find great uh, satisfaction in that, then I think it's certainly uh, an opportunity for them. If they want to work short hours or something of that nature and you know have stupendous family time, this may not 
not be the right choice for them, especially in a small town and you know one or two person practice. But it really comes down to is it a calling or a profession for them, or is it a job? If it's a calling or profession for them for what I do, I think they'll do fine, and this would be a great choice. If it's more of a job, I think this probably wouldn't, and then I would probably encourage them to do some other specialty where they have a fixed time to work. Are you seeing the role of physician assistant in sort of small town America, or is that more of a phenomenon in, you know, larger, more urban areas where you have the sort of Walgreens, CVS phenomenon? I think it's more prevalent in those areas because uh, I think everybody wants to, you know, live in the bigger city or metro areas where they have access to lots of other things. I always kid that I don't see any optometrist or anybody else in my neck of the woods because, you know, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere. But as far as they're concerned, yeah, I think that's part of it. We do see it uh, around here. We, I'm uh, close to a major university that has a school for nurse practitioners, and we do see them used in our area. So when you say you're close to a major university, how close? And is there a hospital there that you send patients to? Is that the closest? Yeah, there is. It's about 10 or 12 miles from me, That's so it's not too far away. It's home of uh, Georgia Southern University. University, which is uh, Statesboro, Georgia. We do have one hospital there with uh, probably 50, 60 physicians on staff from surrounding areas. So when you see a case that is something, you know, beyond what you feel comfortable treating or want additional specialty input on, do you send folks there or beyond, and do you have relationships with specific doctors in different places? We do. Uh, we do send some there. We don't have all the specialties you know, covered, uh, but our closest, I guess, referral center would be Savannah, Georgia, which is about 60 miles from us and have pretty much all the specialties that you will need to take care of. Mostly adult patients or pediatric patients have to go probably to the Medical College of Georgia, which is about 90 to 100 miles in Augusta, Georgia. I think a lot of our listeners who aren't as accustomed to dealing with a small family practice in a rural area would love to get you to paint them a picture of what's a typical day like. I get up in the morning, I go to the hospital, uh, I round all my patients at the hospital, I come back to the office and see uh, you know, a full load of patients uh, throughout the day from basically about 9 to 6, and then I usually return back to the hospital just to round and see if anything's changed on the patients that I have in the hospital, and then home uh, thereafter. So it's a pretty good 12-plus hour day. We often hear stories about you know people in small towns seeking to barter for you know, medical care or do you ever see cases like that where someone comes in and they can't really pay but they want to barter for services of some kind? Yes, not so as much frequent now as it was uh, when I first got here, but yes, all types of fruits and vegetables and some types of farm animals and things of that nature. We've been offered many different things throughout the years. So that is kind of a little bit fallen uh, by the wayside nowadays as it was uh, back then. Is the sort of recent downturn in the economy hurting? Are you seeing that really hit the folks in your community? It has. A lot of the home construction types of people have been hit, and a lot of the bigger companies around the surrounding areas have cut back. So it definitely has affected you know, our patient population. And what I see is that mainly that they're avoiding you know, kind of procedures like colonoscopies and things of that nature that are not absolutely necessary, but more of a screening type of things because of the cost. And, and I think uh, we won't see the true relevance of this economy as far as our health care probably for another few more years because of some of these people just not doing such things as, as screening procedures. And we may catch you know these cancers too far gone down the road a little bit. 
I love hearing you describe, you know, what you do and the fact that there really isn't a typical day and the kinds of patients that you serve. It's obviously quite an important role. Do you have a transition plan? I mean, what, what happens after you're done there or you're tired of doing it and you decide to retire? Well, I, you know, good question. I, I don't know. I haven't, uh, I mean, I think about that, but then again, it's just a, you know, a day-to-day kind of thing. The only hope would be, I guess, to maybe cut back and have somebody, you know, take my place uh, full-time when I get to a point where I'll be able to cut back. Uh, and the physician that I took over did do that, uh, was able to cut back to a couple of days a week and still get the enjoyment of uh, taking care of his regular patients, but yet not having the complete responsibility of running a private practice. So that's how I look at it and see it and hope that uh, it could come to that. But healthcare and where we are in 10, 15, 20 years from now certainly may be different than it is. All in all, would you rather be trying to play in the outfield with the Atlanta Braves minor league <laughs> yeah. organization, as I saw in your in your bio? Or? Yeah, apparently <laughs> I, I was uh, fortunate enough to have an opportunity after I played at the University of Georgia and enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, those long bus rides did get to you after a while. There's, I was making, a, I think, a whopping $750 a month back in 1988. <laughs> uh, so Amazing. There's only one place to play baseball back then, and that was where they were, you know, you're on TV and playing in the major leagues, but uh, it was a great experience. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I happened to play in Durham, North Carolina before and after the movie Bull Durham. So it was, oh, uh, wow. yeah, it's a great experience for me to see some of the guys I played with were extras in that movie. So it comes on TV every once in a while and I'll catch a glimpse of it. So um, that's always fun to remember, but so far a long ago, I guess uh, it's kind of fading away. <laughs> that's great. You know, as the name of our series, Voices from American Medicine, sort of suggests, we're trying to give voice to doctors from all over America. And I guess I'd ask you if you had anything you'd like to share with respect to your voice to our physician listeners from across the country. I guess the one thing I learned, and I've been doing this you know, 16 plus years now, is that you know, we always get caught up in our day-to-day taking care of our patients, but I always try to come back to, you know, do what's right for the patient. If we can stick to that, I think uh, you probably can't go too wrong by doing what's right for each patient. And uh, sometimes uh, with insurances and government and all these obstacles that we have to overcome, that sometimes can be a very difficult task. But if we always try to keep that in mind, I think uh, we always do well. What a great message. Terrific. I would like to thank my guest, Dr. Scott Bulkey, a family practice physician from rural Brooklyn, Georgia as well as the Medical Association of Georgia for nominating Dr. Bulky to appear on the program today. Dr. Bulky, thanks again so much. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Voices from American Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals, featuring perspectives, challenges, and triumphs from physicians currently in practice on the front lines of healthcare. Voices from American Medicine is hosted by Gary Epstein.